welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Molly Ponpadith, and today we have Toby Daniel with us this morning. Welcome, Toby. Good morning. Good morning. Toby is a former U.S. Army, well, veteran and a graduate of Coleman University. He graduated with a bachelor's in information systems technology. He has over 15 years in the telecommunications industry and has been employed with Cox Communications, Time Warner Cable, Aris, Larson and Tubro, and Concurrent. He held positions from operations to architecture to sales management. Some of his business accomplishments are with ClickOne Technology, which is a professional service, the Fish Spot, and he is now an author. Wow, that was a mouthful. Welcome again, Toby. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mally. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. So share with our audience um, what drew you to really move into the world of technology. Was that uh, something that was introduced to you? Did you always had a unique gift for technical things as a child? How did that come about that you chose that? You know, Mally, interesting, interestingly enough, um, growing up, yeah, my mom, she used to always say, oh, you need to get into electronics. You need to get into electronics. I never was really fond of it. You know, in high school, I ended up taking electronic shop, was a C student, average student in it. <laughs> but it was always something that stuck. And, you know, I remember when I graduated high school and I took the test to go into the armed forces, you know, the job that I got happened to be electronics engineering <laughs> again. And I did well at it. I did quite well at it. And it just stuck. And I um, just pursued it, you know, following leaving the military. You know, you couldn't really get a job without any degree. And I had to find that out the hard way. However, I went and got a job in San Diego at a company called Digital Equipment. And I talked to other engineers. And, you know, this was in the late 90s. And this is when they had car allowances and things like that. I was like, wow, these guys are living a life. And <laughs> that intrigued me. And, um, you know, the director that I was speaking to at the time, he said, you know, go get your degree and um, this will be good for you. So I took the step, took the leap and went and um, joined uh, Coleman University and pursued my degree. So after you got out of the university, uh, received your degree, what was what was next for you? How how was it that you landed your um job or career right after that? You know, I when I graduated from school, um, I started in the industry at a very popular time, if you will, popular time, the dot-com boom, if you will, mm -hmm. <laughs> when people were making millions and millions of dollars on websites and offering just some of the basic services as we see them now. But People were, were becoming millionaires during this time and companies were flourishing in the tech sector as well. So I came out of college. I worked for AT&T actually at the time as an operations engineer and 
it was probably my third or fourth month with AT&T and I got called by a recruiter and the recruiter had asked, would I be interested in coming up to San Francisco for an interview? And I was absolutely, <laughs> you know, and they made this glorious offer to me. And um, I went up to the company called Excited Home interview with about six people and they made me an offer. Following that, you know, the rest was history, you know, the dot, the stock options and all the perks that come along with being a company in that dot com era. It, it was great. It was a great experience during that time, especially being my first major career move um, out of college. Mm-hmm. And, and I noticed that on your bio, it mentioned 15 years in the telecommunications industry. Um, you know, why telecommunications? Was it just a natural progression because of the first experience that moved you into the next? Or did you specifically like the industry and want to stay in it? I, I like the industry because I've seen where society was going, you know, the technological revolution, if you will. Everything was going tech. And I enjoy challenges and learn it, you know, the techn- technology sector, Every it, it changes every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if, if we look at the time frame of how our cell phones look 10 years ago compared to what they can do now, it's just like, wow. And every day it's something different. You learn something different. You cannot stay in the same place at the same time. You know, you can get into some roles and it, the job may not change. In technology, you best believe it's going to change and you better change or you get left behind. So I just stuck with it. So let me ask you as a technologist then, as an expert in the technology field, how do you personally stay on top of all these changes? Because as organizations, I mean, they morph and evolve. The the consumers and the clients are demanding and, and they let basically let us know what they want. And we've got to adjust to that sometimes. But as an individual, as a, an expert in your field, how do you stay on top of it and how do you manage to basically just keep learning and growing and doesn't ever get exhausted exhausting <laughs> you know Mally, great question it does it, <laughs> it's it requires a lot a lot of reading a lot of reading a lot of reading and i emphasize that a lot of reading and understanding your customers um you know where they're going that's really key you know you you can spend days reading about technology because there's so many different facets of it right I mean, from a developer's level to, you know, cables, you got wireless technology, you got so much, but staying relevant one with your customers, where your customer base is going and the industry as a whole, you know, the industry is consolidating, if you will. Now, as we speak, you know, there's this whole new phenomenon called the Internet of Things where everything is connected. Your refrigerator is connected. Your stove is connected to wireless. Everything is wireless. And You know, so with the industry coming together that way and everything is being connected, your car, your refrigerator, your home, what's the big thing that most consumers would be concerned with? That's security. So now, you know, the big thing is understanding security and how the role that that plays. But back to your question, it's just one of those things when you are in the industry, it behooves you to stay on top of your game. And just educate yourself, you know, by reading. Now, let me ask you another question. 
what makes you or allows you to stay successful and relevant, especially when you're inside a corporation. We're going to talk about the entrepreneurial side, but right now, looking back at your all years of experience being inside corporations, managing people, having to learn how to navigate uh, the sociology of being as a part of a team, um, as well as allowing yourself to develop and become a better manager, director, leader. How do you do that? And uh, what did you? What have you learned uh, through the years that really will help other managers and other leaders inside organizations navigate uh, sometimes a very, very messy culture? Um, and you know this because I'm sure. Uh, you've been on the employee side, but you've also been on the consultant side and you've also been on the you know, whole lead, leading your own team side. Mm-hmm. How do you manage it all? How do you, how do you stay, stay abreast of what, what you need to do as a leader to have the whole team be successful? You know, one of the things that I found early on in my career as I went from company to company or even growing within any particular company you know, I've always looked at my manager as an example um, to, one, learn from them. You know, if they're giving me a directive, hopefully they can, they're, lead, they're leading by example, you know. Um, and not in all cases, this has been present. You know, a lot of times, you know, to your uh, statement earlier, you know, the politics that go on in the office culture and an environment in the offices, it, it behooves you to just be mindful of what you're trying to accomplish, right? If I look at early on where I had sub, you know, subordinate level, um, you know, I wasn't a managing, and I looked at the managers that I had worked for, a lot of them weren't, you know, I've, I'm, I'm the type of manager, I like to empower my people. I want them to be, I want to help them attain whatever goals it is if they want to get into a position like myself or, you know, whether it's moving to another, whatever level they want to get to. My goal is to help flourish them, push them forward. And, you know, I always say, "Put pull me and I'll push you or push me and I'll pull you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that fostering growing, you know, going through corporate America, it wasn't until I seen, because I've seen dealt with people that were super smart, super smart engineers, but they didn't have the other pieces. They didn't have the relationships. They didn't know how to, you know, certain engineers don't know how to take corrective criticism because they all feel that they're right. right? (laughs) I was an engineer that, you know, I wanted to learn. So I would, reciprocate, right? I'll take that corrective criticism and figure out how I can do it better or just try to balance out what other people are saying. So there's several things that you have to understand about yourself in order to one, navigate through all those politics in the corporation and maintain your integrity in that organization. Um, When I went from your normal operations position into a sales management role and how I got to that sales management role. You know, I knew in sales, the whole goal is to be to sell. That's how you recognize, that's how you're going to be successful. And in a short period of time of nine months, and this is probably not common. And a lot of people was like, wow, nine months, you got promoted from sales engineer to director. How did you do it? 
And all of my guys that worked for me at the time, they said, how did you do it? We want to do the same thing. And I was recognized, one, because, you know, I went in with a clear mindset and I said, okay, what do I need to do to become successful? You know, I, I know the products, I know my customers, I know the market. So I sat down and came up with my system that it's a framework that helped me ensure that every day I was doing something, whether it was, you know, just staying positive, being patient, number one, proactive. I didn't sit down and wait for people to do things for me. If something needed to be done, I did it. You know, I leverage relationships. A lot of people don't understand what I mean, like in a corporate or corporate America environment, you leverage other people, you empower other people by showing them you know, what you need, letting them know what you need. And then a lot of times people want to come help you be successful. So you, you leverage your relationships to do that. You know, um, my reputation, everybody knew that I would get things done. Um, and most of all, you know, just taking the initiative on things, not sitting back and saying, oh, well, this is not done. What do you, you know, I, I got, we can't move forward. No, do what needs to be done and do it. And lastly, communication. I talked with everybody all day, every day. I would ask questions. There was no such thing as a dumb question that I believe, you know, I, I felt if I needed to know, I was going to ask somebody to help me to, you know, move the ball forward in any way that I can. So it, it's one of those things that, you know, in corporate America, you can get so bogged down in if you allow the politics that goes on, because it goes on in everywhere, if you allow it to bog you down, it will. And you will never be able to push forward to become a leader in that organization or be perceived as a leader. And I just look to work around that and learn from other people's mistakes to keep myself going forward always. Well, we're going to talk about this uh, system of yours that you created, um, Price, and it's a systematic mindset is what you call it. And that's what your book is all about. That's also what the, the title is. But before that, I would love for you to share um, the story that you had shared with me in your bio about being in the military and one of the lessons you learned from, um, you know, basically going through not trusting yourself, right? Yep. And I want I want all of our, our listeners to hear the story because I think we've had uh, these types of stories play out in our own lives. Can you share that story? Do you know what story I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So talk to us about that because I think that's a great lead into why this price system is so important. And it was born out of you, but these types of experience will really um, help our listeners relate that they're not alone in sometimes not having that strong faith in your own uh, confidence and sometimes our self-esteem um, gets wacky on us, you know, and self-doubt takes over. So please share that story and then we'll go right into what Price truly is all about. Absolutely. So, you know, when I was in, prior to going into the military and growing up back in uh, Brooklyn, I, I was fairly a quiet kid. You know, I, I lacked confidence and self-esteem issues and very, you know, just laid back. Um, you know, the, going into the military, I remember when I graduated and college wasn't really talked about in my household. Um, we didn't, it was either get a city job or go to the military and I was ready to leave New York. 
So I, I chose to take that step and go into the military. So when you go into the military following uh, uh, basic training, you go do to school for whatever job that you um, have uh, signed up for. My job at the time was multiple launch rocket system repair. Oh, boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tremendously, but <laughs> all based around electronics, by the way. As you've seen, the electronics thing did follow me into the military as well. Uh, but when I was there, you know, going through school, it was a six-month school, and you had to troubleshoot the missile system and understand the circuit board and electronics that maneuver the missiles and how it's programmed and things of that nature. I had an instructor, Mr. Pugh was his name. And the last day when we took our final exam, it was two people in the room, allowed in the room at a time. And what was required of us was to diagnose the circuit board, find the issue, isolate it, document it, and then put the correct the circuit board and put it back together. So we got there and I did mine fairly quick, you know, even surprising to me. Um, one of the guys that soldiers that were in was in there with me testing. He wasn't done yet. And I looked and I, and I felt that he was a fairly smart kid in, in the class and he was always answering questions. And I was like, this guy gets it, you know, and I could see his circuit board and I did look at it. And one of his wires were different, was different than mine. So I changed mine. He raised his hand, said he was finished. Uh, Mr. Pugh walked over and checked his and gave him his score. I think he got an 80. And he kind of took his time walking over to me. He, I guess he was waiting for the other soldier to walk out. And he walked over and he said to me, you had 100% before you change your wire. <laughs> he said, I should fail you, but I'm not. Life lesson for you, don't ever second guess yourself. You're smarter than you think you are. And I said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I walked out of there like, wow. You know, I had a hundred, you know, here it is, uh, you know, myself confident two of my big vices that I dealt with for a long period of time. It affected me in that moment. But he woke me up by telling me, don't ever second guess yourself. And a lot of times and a lot of experiences in my life, that's where, you know, because of having lack of confidence, self-esteem issues, I would do that. And that trend, that moment, that statement, it transformed my life in a lot of ways, you know, making decisions. You know, I was able to make a decision for myself and move forward. And, you know, at the time I was probably 20, yeah, 20 years old, I think, 2021, 20, leaving, um, Actually, no, I was 19 going on 20. So it happened at a, the right time, you know. So now going into the military and all that I faced going through the wars and things like that and making it back home in one piece, in one mind, sound mind, you know, it, it's, it, it gave me an attitude of just there's nothing that can stop me. Mm, that's great. Well, you know, we all need a Mr. Pugh in our life. And we're lucky if we have had mentors like Mr. Pugh. And now you get to be uh, a Mr. Pugh and a mentor to so many by building the system of yours. So can you walk us through what uh, price 
actually stands for and you touched upon it earlier but let's dive in a little bit you know let's really talk about why this book why you created this or wrote this book um, and what your hopes are for those that pick up this book learn about this system um, what would you like them to get out of it absolutely so you know when the book came about I was going from a normal engineering operations position into sales and I recall, you know, getting my laptop cell phone and this is my first job where I was allowed to work remote. So I'm sitting at my new home office and, you know, the phone is not ringing yet. You know, I'm trained up on all my products and things of that nature and I'm ready to move forward. And I said to myself, you know, what do I need to do to ensure that I'm successful in this relationships and this, I'm sorry, in this position? Um, and I looked at, you know, I had a couple of other friends that were sales engineers at the time and, you know, they were really popular in their role. They were good at what they did. So I kind of looked at that as an example. And I just came up with the word price. You know, everybody say you have to pay the price to become successful. Mm. And if you look at the definition of price, that which must be given or done to obtain a thing, you know, so you got to pay the price. So I broke price out for myself and it is the, the meaning and definition has grown some, you know, with the acronym, if you will, of each of the letters. However, when I sat there in my home office, I came up with this and I said, OK, what do I need to do? I looked at price and I said, OK, I need to be positive. I have to have a positive attitude as I go about my day to day and know that, you know, like the phone is going to ring. Things are going to change. and I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that go-to guy. I thought to myself, okay, I have to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those things in, in everyday life that we, I'm sure we all could use some help on. And, you know, it's still a work in progress, but, you know, I, I think I've exercised great patience, especially in sales, because it never happens when you want it to happen. It always happens when it's going to happen. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, so being patient, that was key. And then, you know, another thing was proactive. I, I just wasn't the type of person, I've never been this type of person that sit back and wait for anything. You know, if I want to do something, I go after it. You know, I try to pull in the people that I need to help me with whatever that thing is that I want to attain and I move forward with it. And lastly, you know, for the P, persistence. You know, you have to be persistent at anything you know, in order to, it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, these over get rich overnight schemes, it doesn't happen. You know, you got to be persistent and you got to be diligent in what you want to do there. Isn't it interesting that you, you, you know, when we th talk about persistence, we also have to counter that with patience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Your persistence, ooh, your patience is worn during that time. But, you know, they, exactly. You bring up a good point there. But exactly. You know, so this whole new mindset that I'm evolving, that had evolved at the time for me, you know, it, it went along with the goals of, okay, I want to get become director of sales engineering, but it was, it became all these things that I'm sharing with you all is things that are just my everyday mindset now. You know, what am I doing to move forward towards my goal? I have, this becomes a part of me. 
everything that I'm saying now is a part of my daily mindset as I go towards, move towards attaining any goal. So if we look at our, you know, relationships, resilience, reputation, you know, relationships. I look at my LinkedIn profile and I think a lot of people may just say, oh, I, they just do it just when they need a job or, you know, they just want to have the most uh, followers or, you know, friends on there or what have you. I actually use it when I'm going to the city. Last week I went to Denver and I had dinner with four different people (laughs) (laughs) because I, you know, and I just went and that's, it's just networking. That's, you know, I'm really, I really use that as a network because I want to see what people are doing when, you know, what's new business, what their business is about and learn more about them as people as well, you know? So I really leveraged my LinkedIn profile and the friends that I have on it to grow my networks and not just say, oh, when I need a job, then I'm reaching out to people. No, I don't wait. I just, I start doing that. You know, I build, keep building on those relationships. Resilience, you know, how do you respond when things don't go your way? I've been in situations where, you know, you're going through a technology battle, if you will, with another company and the customer may go with that other company, right? And you might lose that battle. But how do you, you know, internally, you might get some flag, but how do you respond after that loss, if you will? People are watching you, right? So you got to maintain those same systematic mindset concepts that I mentioned earlier, you know, being positive, stay positive. You know, it happens. It's technology, right? At the end of the day, it's a customer's decision to go one way or the other or whatever that thing is that may have set you back. You have to have resilience to keep propelling you forward in whatever it is you want to do, especially if you're pushing towards a goal. Your reputation. What do people say about you? You know, if people want to give you references, what are people saying about you? What are, you know, what are people talking about you? You know, and it, it's interesting enough, you know, I mentioned in the book that I didn't have many friends that were not minorities growing up. Mm-hmm. Any. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it took me opening up to others to learn about other cultures, Asian culture you know, Caucasians, various other cultures, Middle Easterns. And I just started opening up and it was just a really fascinating thing. And, you know, I talked to these same people that I met 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they're good, great friends for me, you know, but the key here is what are people saying about you? You know, what's your reputation, you know? Yes. And sometimes what are, what we believe people see about us or think about us is not really the reality or, or their reality, right? Exactly. So that's really important that we're also being mindful to ask from time to time, hey, you know, what what are your thoughts? What How do you perceive our relationship, our friendship? Because we make these assumptions all the time, not just in our reputation, but in everything we do. We make assumptions about what people might or might not like without really validating it. Exactly. So that's really exactly. important, a key point there. Okay, so that we've got the R's. Now we're still now we're still moving toward the I. What what are what are some of the I's? So some of the I integrity. 
big one there, initiative, insight. You know, I'm going to just talk about integrity. You know, that's your name. You know, <laughs> your integrity means should mean the world to you as far as, you know, what people see. They want to, you want to know that people can believe you, that you're honest, and you're a straight shooter. You know, your integrity means the world. I, I just, I it's so much that I can say, you know, <laughs> about this. It's just... We can go on for days about this because I've had situations where I've had friends where this was questioned, you know, because of a mistake that they made in their career, you know. Um, it, it so you and it goes back to this integrity thing ties back to just being honest and just being true to who you are and making sure people, others that are around you and that are part of your network know this about you. That's, it's really key. It's well, really key. I also find it interesting that integrity is in the middle of this acronym PRICE too, because I think integrity is the nucleus for everything else. When you're in it, when you have integrity, you can stay positive. You know, you can, you can um, remind yourself to be patient and and you're excited and you're proactive about your passion and you're persistent. When you have integrity with self, you have stronger relationships. You can be resilient because you, you know that you're on track. You know that whatever happens, whatever challenges, whatever people say deep in your heart of hearts, you know that you're true. Um, it's, it, it's very interesting that if you're in integrity, your, re your reputation, um, is much more positive and more solid. So I think that it's really important to see integrity in the midst of all this right dab in the center. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it just ties to your moral principles in your life and it just shows that you're grounded and that you do believe in something, Right. you know, upstanding and something positive. So absolutely, you know, I, it's, it's important to know you know, be that person that just has the moral principle that people know that, you know what, this person is honest. I believe this person. Right. They're not just talking just to be talking because you meet some of those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that you stay consistent with that, too. And I think that has a lot to do with the personal development that's required, that self-awareness. So I want to make sure that we stress that because no one can give you your integrity. You just know it because you you know what you want. You know what you stand for in life. And we talk a lot about that on the podcast and everything we do at the Sword Community Network is knowing what you stand for. You know, it's making, taking a stand and making a statement and, and, and leading with that uniqueness of you. So that's really important. Absolutely. Well, well, Toby, I'd love to um, learn of your C's and then and then your E's, um, you know, to close out price so that we because I have a couple more questions yeah, um, yeah. about the book and all that good stuff. So what are some of the C's and then what are some of the E's? So some of the C's are, you know, communication. And I spoke about this a lot during the uh, with the other uh, ac part letters in the acronym. Communication, you, you can't talk enough. You know, I always tell my guys questions, issues, concerns, whatever they are, please bring them to the surface. You know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Ask. If you don't know, ask. Communicate, talk with everyone. 
often. You know, I, I always say that to the guys. And then change. Change is a, a key thing that a lot of people are not familiar with, you know, um, not familiar with, but they're not readily to accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, if they've been in uh, something's been operating for the past five or 10 years, you know, as soon as you throw a change in it, if their response just is, becomes negative. You have to remain positive during change. And I always, everything that I've went through in life and where there was a change, whether it was from a new position to, from an old position to a new position or from a new manager to an old manager to a new manager, whatever it has been, I've always looked for the positive aspects of change. Cause I said, it can only get better. You know, right. that was my attitude towards it. It can only get better. And, and I think that's what people should look at change as. It can only get better, even if better means another learning lesson. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, competitive. You have to remain, have some type of edge with you. Um, you. You should always strive to become better, you know, and this is not a competitiveness with others, but this is a competitiveness within yourself. Always strive to get better. And that's something that I've, you know, every year I do an introspection and say, okay, what am I, what could I have done better last year? What can I do this year, you know, to get to this level? Or, you know, it's more to, so an internal competitiveness, not an external. Right. Because I, I feel we're defeated more so by our own thoughts than the thoughts of others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the, those are the C's. And I wanted to also say something about communications before we move into your E's. Um, the communication piece. Yeah. You can't, you can't talk enough. But at the same time, actively listening enough is so critical to, to communication, especially in the leadership position. You know, make sure that you raise your hand and ask questions and ask your team to ask those questions, but then pause and then truly, truly actively listen, right? Not just, not just think of the next response or, or defend your position, but really hear everybody out because I think that's a true skill that we don't necessarily, um, get to practice or develop unless we're really aware of how important that is. And I think for leaders, we have to really, really focus. And I've had to learn this myself to focus on truly actively listening, giving somebody else the stage and the platform to express really what they're trying to say without interpret, uh, interpreting it for them before they finish and close out their final thoughts, because you're already wait, waiting to defend your position. <laughs> Absolutely, Mally. I have a, a, a little experience here with that. Um, one of my guys, I just hired him. He's been with us probably three, four months now and great guy. But he has a tendency to, when you're talking, just like how I'm talking now, he'll just, well, just bluntly interrupt. And I, I, you know, at first I thought it was, okay, maybe he's, you know, it'll change. That was my thought. And, you know, other managers started telling me every time he just interrupts, he just interrupts. And I had the coaching moment. I coach my guys every week. I have a one-on-one -on -one with them. And I had to tell him, I said, I understand you have things that you want to get out, but you have got to stop and listen because you discredit people immediately when you talk over them. You discredit everything that they just said, like it doesn't even matter. And you, a lot of times your the question or your issue could have been answered if you would have just stopped and listened. <laughs> 
And it's it's definitely a problem, you know, and he's working at it and he understands that it's a problem. But to your point, effective communication is both listening and asking great questions. Right. That's effective communication and it's very important. And we all, I mean, we all have to really practice both, right? We, yeah. we all of us, we're human beings. Uh, we're passionate about something and, and get excited about something. And before someone finishes their thought, we're already like wanting to express where our position. And that can be, um, challenging for the other person too, because they want to feel heard as well. Uh, and they want to feel important and special and that their ideas and their thoughts matter. So that's really critical, I think. And we all get to grow in that area as well, because uh, I think we're all guilty. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. So in any event, so now you have the, the final um the final uh E in the in the word price here to talk about. So what are some of the E's? So, you know, first being educate, you know, can't emphasize that enough. We live in a a society now where if you're not educated, a high school diploma just not gonna get it. Now it's really coming. You need more than a bachelor's in some cases, but you have to educate yourself. You know, if you want to be proficient in anything, educate, 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 read, read, read. I, I couldn't emphasize that anymore. Um, enthusiasm. People want to see you excited. You know, you can't walk around with just whole hum type face. You know, it, it draws enthusiasm draws a certain personality towards you. You know, when you're enthused about things, when you're just talking about things, no matter how good or bad things may be. If you stay enthused, people want to talk to you. People want to help you. People want to work with you. So you enthusiasm is key. You know, I, who wants to work around someone that's just, oh, it's just not going to, you know, enthused, be enthused about what you're doing. Even though the day is not looking like you wanted it to look, just be enthused about it. And then lastly, execute. Mm. <laughs> One of the, you know, it's great to have all these tools in your toolbox as you push towards your goal. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to execution. What are you going to do with all that you have? How are you going to, you know, what are, are you telling people you're going to do something and then you just don't fall through? Not good. Not good. You have to execute on every and anything that you go after. And this mindset will get you to that point. You know, this systematic mindset and all these things that just become a part of you. It, it's second, it becomes second nature and it will help you get to that execution phase where you know, no matter what, you're always going to be moving forward and you can get to that point where you're executing and to move forward with your goals and that. That's the great thing about, you know, this system for me, Maui, is just what it's done and everything that I wanted to attain and every goal that I went after, it just put me in a mindset where I'm always moving forward and I'm able to execute on everything that I'm going after. And it's been great. Wow. Well, what is that famous quote? You know, a dream without action is just an hallucination, right? And so that execution part is so critical. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to really walk us through this, you know, what price really means for you and this, this system, this mindset that you have. Now, before we close out our interview, I do want to ask this because it's very important, especially for our listeners and for us. We talk about execution. We talk about action. 
these are great concepts. These are great ideas for how to, how to, you know, focus our, or create our mindset to, to use the system. But personally for you, Toby, what are some of the daily, everyday habits, like true habits that you've had to uh, incorporate into your life to keep positive, to, you know, stay patient and proactive, to develop those relationships? So can you share uh, with, with us some tangible action steps that our listeners can really take notes and, and, and try and execute for themselves? Uh, the daily habits are so critical, right? Because that's what creates um, consistency in making sure that we have an overall happy and healthy life. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, it, and it took me some time to formulate these habits, but once I started, it became second nature. And, and that's the thing that we want habits to become, just a part of an extension of who we are. So waking up upon in the morning, you know, first thing I'm thinking positive, you know, positive thoughts, positive affirmations. You know, I have several of those that I've wrote for myself. You know, I repeat that to myself. I pray. And then I go on and start um, my daily routine, whether it's exercising or listening to a daily word from one of the ministers that I choose to at that day. But, you know, positive affirmations, they have gone a long way for me in just helping me stay positive with a normal day. Because sometimes when we don't hear nothing or see things happening, we tend to second guess ourselves or second guess whatever that thing is that's going on because we don't think anything is happening. So we have to figure out a way sometime to get out of our own minds mm -hmm. <laughs> and stay positive. So positive affirmations, listen to a positive word that has helped me exercise. You know, I, I tell you, I get on the elliptical machine and I can sit on there or ride on there for an hour and I listen to different speeches and lectures and things like that, motivational tapes. And I tell you, I get so many great ideas. I actually have to have a pen and a paper pad with me just to write down these ideas because it's like my mind is crisp, it's sharp, it's clear. And although my body is working, it's helping me rejuvenate my mind. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's the most interesting thing. Like just doing it just helps me and having you know, a piece of pen and paper to write various ideas down and things of that nature. You know, then as I go through the day, I always have a block of time where I read, you know, various inspirational books um, just to help me go forward um, throughout my day. You know, and I, and I make sure that I do this consciously. I have 30 minutes set and I just read for that 30 minutes, whatever book that I'm on that week. And most of my books, if you look at my library on Google or Amazon, all of them are inspirational books. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So it's just something that I do. You know, it just helps me. And, um, it, and, it, and it's helped me tremendously, you know, so much to the fact where in order for me to continue in this positive realm, you know, I also write on my blog on Facebook, I am changing my mind. I write positive things to my audience of, I have 5,000 plus followers where I write things, you know, it might be something that I read, listened to throughout the day or throughout that week. 
something that I can share that can inspire, encourage, motivate, or just bring somebody's spirit up. You know, I find that that's very beneficial. That's probably the biggest key is giving to someone else, you know, because I'm sure there's someone that's probably having a little worse of a day than I may be having. So if I can provide a good word to somebody, that always seemed to bring me through. Wow. Well, this has been quite an inspirational interview with you, Toby. <laughs> so what I want, want to invite our listeners to do is make sure that you go to Facebook and uh, like the I Am Changing My Mind page uh, so we can increase the number of people who are being inspired by you from 5,000 to you know millions one day, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm claiming that with you. (laughs) That's right. So here's my thoughts for those listeners who are interested. I know, Toby, you and I spoke pre-show about the um, interest in coaching and mentoring others. So if you're interested, uh, listeners, please reach out to Toby. Toby, how can people find more information about you or reach out to you? Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. You'll find my profile, Toby J. Daniel. However, if you want to contact me directly, you can send me an email at Toby J Daniels with an S at gmail.com. And I can be reached either through either of those mechanisms. And, um, I, you know, I would look forward to helping anyone. Uh, and also I do check messages on the Facebook play page. I am changing my mind. You can also reach out to me there, but, um, I would, I invite the opportunity to talk with anyone. Great. Well, we're excited um, to know that your book will be finished by the latter part of this year, um, last quarter. So we're excited and I'm sure that people will be following you now so that when that book gets launched and it's official, officially available for purchase, um, you'll be there to, you know, lead the way to where they can get that information. So I'm excited for you. I congratulate you. Writing a book is, is definitely, um, a full-time job in itself. <laughs> and yes. so I commend you for, for working on it and, and bringing it to completion very soon here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I look forward to the book coming out as you stated last quarter of the year. Um, I also have an app coming out for I'm Changing My Mind. It'll be an app where users or followers can download and receive daily devotionals, inspirational messages, as well as um, it'll be a chat base. So, you know, um, it's coming out. I'm looking forward to that October timeframe. Development will be done and it'll be launched on the I Am Changing My Mind Facebook page. So definitely looking forward to that as well. That's great. Wow. A lot of exciting things going on for you. And as a technologist, it makes sense that you would have an app, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So any final uh, words of wisdom for our listeners who really are looking to either get their story out there or really just change their mindset, you know, ready for a new change in life, ready to take, take a different swing at life. Um, you know, any words of encouragement for those? You know, absolutely. I, I think number one is knowing, being true and honest to who you are. Know what your faults are. You know, we all have them. Or if you don't want to consider them faults, whatever limitations that you have. Minds were self-esteem and confidence issues. You know, I know I had, I knew I had to overcome those. I didn't go to traditional routers going to see a psychiatrist or anything like that. However, I used my mind. The thing that I felt was my weakest muscle. I used it to become 
more confident and build my self-esteem. I started reading more and educating myself more. So go within, go within first and foremost, understand yourself and correct those things, you know, but start with number one, it starts and ends with all of us. If we change our mind, we can change our life. With that said, what a powerful note to close out our interview. Thank you so much, Toby, for your time. I learned a lot today. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, really picking up that book uh, in its final draft and using it in my everyday life. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Sora Community Network podcast. And as always, we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.